0: Please turn with me to your study outlines, and as you turn, let me welcome those of you that are watching online. We are so glad that you're joining us now. Uh, this being uh, Mother's Day, I thought it would be great to have a mother uh, do the majority of the message. And so as you see there, we're going to look at the last seven verses of Proverbs chapter 31 that talks about the character traits of a godly woman. And we're just going to deal with two of them there in the last seven verses, strength. Pastor Lisa is going to talk about the strength of a godly woman, and then I will wrap it up with the character of a godly woman. But before Pastor Lisa comes up to share, and Pastor Lisa, she's got the credentials, got four children, just had her fourth child, so she's got her Mother's Day cred, okay, to to come up here to share. Well,
1: a shout-out to all the mamas in the house. We love you, and we know that you actually are superhuman beings that have super capes hidden in your closets, Mamas are amazing. They are faster than a speeding toddler. They are more powerful than a tantrum. And they are able to read the sneaky thoughts of children everywhere. Mamas have superpowers. Moms, actually, they also speak and how they can decipher uh, nonsensical gibberish from a toddler. Like spookaki. Spookaki is spaghetti, and moms know this about their children. Moms are able to sleep with one eye open, and they can leap in a single bound from the deepest REM sleep when a first whimper of a sick child is heard in the household. Moms are lie detectors. They are able to, to detect guilt with one glance, and then with another glance, they can elicit a confession out of their child. Moms have superhuman strength, and they can carry a full load of groceries, two children, their purse, and a basketball up three flights of steps in one trip. (laughs) That's right. I know you do it. For all those times that mom has come to your rescue, she's proof that superheroes really do exist. She may not wear a fancy cape or have her own movie out, but she is super in many ways. Moms are super people. They are super moms. They're super wives. They're super friends. They're super women. And more than likely, they are super tired. But moms are super strong, um, although they probably don't feel like they're super strong most of the time. And maybe you don't feel like much of a superhero today. Maybe you don't feel strong at all. Maybe you're tired or depressed or feel like you should just get a medal for showing up at church today and getting the family here. Anyone feel like that? I hear you. Often Christian women are encouraged to go to Proverbs 31 uh, for inspiration and guidance on how to be a a godly Christian woman. But the Proverbs 31 woman sometimes reads like one of those posts on Facebook that maybe you've had someone post. Um, I just did the laundry. I cleaned out the garage. I made dinner for my neighbor. I listened to all my children recite the 23rd Psalm and had an amazing quiet time with the Lord all before breakfast. Meanwhile, you're trying to just roll out of bed and figure out what day of the week it is, and am I driving the carpool today, and would somebody get me a cup of coffee? Um, You know, I woke up the other morning, and I found this in my sink. I swear, she was not there when I went to bed, and I have no idea how she got there. And no, she didn't even do my dishes for me. A little disappointed. Well, Proverbs 31 is the last book of Proverbs, and it gives a a long description of kind of an ancient superwoman. Um, Somewhere between collecting flax and wool and considering a field to buy while making and selling her own garments, the Proverbs 31 woman can be a little bit intense. Now, some people are encouraged and inspired by her, and other people are just a little overwhelmed by her. But like many of the women I know today, she has a very kind of amazing and mysterious quality about her to accomplish the tasks that lie before her. How does she do it all? Well, the Proverbs 31 woman is strong. Proverbs says in verses 25 through 27, she is clothed with strength. And with dignity, she can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Proverbs talks about her strength. She is clothed with it. She is clothed with strength. Now, it is not just muscle strength, but it is strength of character, strength of heart, strength of mind, strength of faith. I mean, have you ever had a day where you just wished you were stronger? Stronger to get through the day. I mean, we all have those days, right, where we wish we could just stay in bed and, uh, you know, getting up just does not sound like a good option. We're just exhausted from the responsibilities that lay before us, the bills that are piling up, the whiny children that maybe we have to face, or maybe just a day of loneliness that lies before us. Well-meaning friends may say, stay strong, but we're not even sure we were strong to ever begin with. Have you ever wondered when someone who is enduring something difficult uh, in their life and they were surviving it, and you wonder how they have the strength to go on? Well, for the person of faith, for the follower of Jesus, it is not really our own strength that gets us through this life. You see, strength lies in the joy of the Lord. Nehemiah 8.10 says, For the joy of the Lord is your strength. You see, our strength has great limitations, But God's does not. And that is why there is this secret weapon that God has given us to help us be strong. To have this mighty endurance to go the distance in a very complicated world. And it is joy. Joy. Joy is peace dancing. Joy is different from feeling happy. Joy is a jubilation of the soul. Joy is finding the rainbow when there is sunshine and rain going on. Joy is something that is deeply connected to our spiritual life. Joy is one of the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Joy comes from God and makes you strong. For the joy of the Lord is my strength. So on days when we are weary and we don't have any strength, God does. On days we don't know what to tell our kids or our husbands or our coworkers or our neighbors or our parents or our friends. On days that you're weary, you're just exhausted, and you're tired of needing to know the right answer. Maybe you're tired of hearing, Mom! Again, for the 50th time in two minutes. Maybe you're just tired of missing your mom, wishing that she was here to give you a word of encouragement, to help you out, to give you a hug. God tells us to look for the joy. Look for the joy and you will have renewed strength. You see, joy is powerful. Joy is renewing and joy is strength. And joy comes from Jesus. Jesus came into this world surrounded by joy. He spent time trying to teach people about joy, and he left this world wishing that we would have his joy. Let's look at the birth of Jesus. At the birth of Jesus, the angels cry out with joy in Luke 2.10. I bring you good news of great joy, cried the angel, which comes to all people. Now, all of heaven celebrated with joy at Jesus' birth. Now, most babies cause joyful celebrations to erupt around them. But for Jesus, it wasn't just at his birth. It was through his whole life. Now, as Jesus instructed the disciples, he wanted them to know more joy, to live in it, to be joyful in life, and to be followers of Jesus. John 15 tells us this. Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. You see, joy was something that was important to Jesus. And then just as Jesus was returning to go to his father in heaven, Jesus prays. Now, this prayer was before his arrest, before the crucifixion and the resurrection. This is a prayer where Jesus is talking to God, his Father, about joy. And Jesus asks his Father in heaven to give his friends joy, the joy of Jesus. John 17 says this. This is Jesus talking to God, his Father. I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. See, Jesus wanted us to know joy, to experience joy, to live in joy. This is a picture of a man named Nick Voyachik, and he was born without any arms or legs. But he loves Jesus, and he knows joy in spite of a really difficult physical existence. He's passionate about celebrating the life that God gave him. Now you and I may see these pictures of him and see the limitations that his life offers him, but he sees a life without limits. I love the picture of him jumping into the pool. You can just see the joy on his face. You see, joy is deeply connected with being a follower of Jesus. It is something that embodies the very nature of Jesus, and we are called to pursue it, to pursue joy. Now, the Bible talks about pursuing joy. Joy comes from righteousness. Now, righteousness is, is right relationships. It's right relationships with God and right relationships with one another. Now, Scripture tells us in Hebrews 1.9, You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God your God has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. Now when we pursue these right relationships in this world and fight the wickedness that corrupts relationships, God blesses us by anointing us with joy. Now in scripture, an anointing was a powerful blessing or a commissioning. Kings were anointed for leadership and battle. Prophets were anointed to be the messengers of God. But Jesus, Jesus was anointed by God himself. Jesus was the anointed one filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And God wants to anoint you and I with the oil of joy. This is a commissioning for us to experience joy in our lives. But joy is something that you have to practice. Because it is not, uh, because it's spiritual in nature, it's not inherent to our being, to our personhood. We tend to be much more natural complainers and whiners. We tend to much more naturally throw pity parties rather than joyful celebrations. But once you get the hang of it, joy is contagious. And you can infect yourself and you can infect others with joy. Now, one of the ways that we can find joy is to be a people of celebration. The discipline of celebration is something that can help make us stronger. Now it's funny to think about celebration as a discipline, but it really can be and needs to be. Because we don't always look for things to celebrate. But we can realize when we do that, we can find joy, and that can be our strength. Philippians 4:4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. So God established all kinds of festivals, and we've been looking at some of them through the story that we've been going through, these festivals that God required the people to celebrate. They had to celebrate as a part of God's command to them so that they would practice joy. They had to practice it so they would get the hang of it. Eat, drink, dance, make music. These things are biblical because they're spiritual, because they're necessary for us to experience joy. So, how do we do this in this complicated world that we have that's full of evil and sadness and conflict and jealousy and sadness? We have to fight for joy. God wants us to fight for joy. For the joy of the Lord will be our strength to help us fight the good fight. So, how do we do it? Here's just a few suggestions. One, we need to learn how to cast our cares, we cast our cares or our worries upon Jesus. Every day we have to do this. We give our burdens over to Jesus. He invites us to do that. His shoulders are broad and strong, and his love is deep and wide. And he wants us to talk with him. He wants us to pray and cast our cares upon him to give them to Jesus. We can also learn how to laugh often. Now, a smile from a baby is something that usually elicits smiles from those around looking on and and staring at wonder in this child. But as we learn to go through this life and not take ourselves so seriously, that we can learn to laugh at ourselves, that can bring joy into our lives that will make us strong. We need to be people that can learn how to worship fully and to practice that. With music, dancing, singing, we can make a joyful noise unto the Lord. And worship before the Lord causes joy in our soul. And that will make us strong. We learn how to celebrate everything and everyone around us. And today is a very good day to practice on Mother's Day. We celebrated with a, giving a queen for a day of the 945 service. We're going to do it again at 1111. We're going to do it again up at Claremont. So if you want to get in on the fun, join us up at Claremont tonight at 5 o'clock. Your, your chances of winning are much greater up there. We're going to have games. We're going to have pie and ice cream. We are knowing how to celebrate on this day. And we want to encourage you to be a people that celebrates with us. So as you celebrate today, whether it's your biological mom or your spiritual mom or adopted mom or just maybe someone you know, a woman in your life who needs to be celebrated, this is a really good practice to experience joy in her life and share joy with someone else. Now, I know a mom who wanted to teach her daughter the story of uh, uh, this discipline of celebration and what it means in all situations in life. Now, her daughter wanted to run for a class office in her elementary school, and her mom knew she probably wouldn't win. But she said, um, in order to kind of help her through this process, we're going to celebrate if you don't win. She's like, Mom, I want to win. But this mom knew this was the first time that she wasn't losing in terms of a team or a group or the family. This would be a personal loss. So the girl went through the election, and and she did lose. So her mom took her out for frozen ice cream, frozen yogurt, and they talked about the election, and her mom commended her for the process of trying and really built her up. The next year, she wanted to run for office again. And so she ran again, and she lost again. So there was more frozen yogurt, bigger frozen yogurt, and more encouragement. And the next year, she came up with a new plan to run for class officer, and she won that year. And this mom taught her daughter the process of finding joy in the journey. Finding joy in the process through celebrating. Not just the wins, but the losses as well. And this joy became her strength. You see, joy causes joy. (laughs) Joy is of God. Joy is strength and joy can be your superpower.
0: Uh, Let's wrap things up with the final trait that is talked about in Proverbs 31. The Proverbs 31 woman has character. And really that's what the theme of the day has been is that our culture and society in the world may celebrate certain things, but what we celebrate in the body of Christ, this needs to be a place where we celebrate character and godliness and things that will last for eternity. Uh, The Bible says, Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. And here's the key verse. Charm is deceptive, and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Charm is deceptive. Beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be uh, praised. It says that charm is a good thing. Nothing wrong with charm. Uh, beauty is, is a good thing. But the problem is, is that charm can be at times deceptive. And beauty, we certainly know over the course of years, uh, can be fleeting. But a woman who fears God, a woman of godly character, that is the one that we want to praise. Uh, First of all, charm is deceptive. I showed this to you a number of years back. And it said, it was on the front page of Esquire magazine. We'll pop that up there. It says that Michelle Pfeiffer, what does Michelle Pfeiffer need? Absolutely nothing. But here's the problem with this uh, cover of a magazine. When Michelle Pfeiffer appeared on the cover of Esquire in 1990 in a low-cut red dress, the caption beside the photo read, What Michelle Pfeiffer needs is absolutely nothing. Yet the magazine's editors must have forgotten to specify something to their readers. Adbusters Quarterly revealed the manipulation and claimed that what Pfeiffer actually needed was $1,525 in touch-ups. That's what Diane Scott, Associates Incorporated, charged Esquire for the following work described in a purchase order obtained and reprinted by Adbusters. Here's what they had to do to her. Clean up her complexion. Soften her eye lines. Soften the smile line. Add color to her lips. Trim her chin. Remove neck lines. Soften line under the earlobe. Remove stray hair. That's not anything they'd ever have to do for me, I don't think. (laughs) adjust color, and add hair on the top of her head. Oh, I wish we could do that on Sunday morning. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great that the Pete can just run it through on the fly and uh, put head on my hair before it, it, it comes uh, out there? You, you see, charm, nothing wrong with charm. charm. Charm is a good thing. It's a good thing. But it can be, on occasion, deceptive, as it is in this particular instance. And then it says that beauty is fleeting. It can fleet through the years. It can fleet over a lifetime. It can even flee from us overnight uh, as the praise band comes back up. Let me just close with this story. A few years back, I was going to speak at a Bible conference um, in Pakistan, in near Islamabad, Pakistan. And so I was going to fly out on a Monday morning from LAX to New York City and then on to London and down to Islamabad. And it was Sunday night before I left on Monday morning, it was the Academy Awards. And so Kimberly's watching the Academy Awards there in the living room, and I'm walking through every once in a while while I was packing my suitcase. And I remember walking one, through at one point, and there's an actress getting the Best Actress Award, okay, the Best Actress Award for that year, And I remember just looking and stopping for a moment and saying, boy, she really looks glamorous. Looks very, very glamorous. And then went on and packed my suitcase. And and the next morning, I got up early to LAX, and it was a flight, the first leg of it, that was going from LAX to New York City. And as I walked through the first class section, there's that very same actress. But she had lost her glamour overnight. (laughs) Um, it, 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 it It was fleeting, and I remember thinking, wow, that's remarkable. Now, her character was the same as the night before, right? Her character was the same, but um, the f- beauty and the charm had been fleeting from the Academy Awards the night before until the next morning. And So that's why here, within our community of Christ followers, we, we honor charm. That's okay. And beauty is, 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 a, is a good thing, but a woman who fears the Lord... That's what we have been praising here today. Honor her for all that her hands have done and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. So as we enter into just one final worship song, let's give a standing ovation to the godly women of PFB Purpose Church. Let them know how much we love them and how much we appreciate them.